Hey friends, it's Jocelyn at jamminwithjocelyn.com, your certified life coach helping working moms create their ideal work-life balance so they can thrive at work, at home, and in life. You're listening to the Jammin' with Jocelyn podcast, the show for people who want to be inspired and live more joyfully and with awareness. I love having deep, soulful, and fun conversations about complex issues to deepen our self-awareness and compassion for ourselves and others. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, teacher friends, welcome to another episode during Teacher Appreciation Week where we celebrate you. And I'm so excited to share a free resource that I've created for you. It's called the Teacher's Corner Wellness Resources. It's your one-stop shop resource space that supports your mental and emotional well-being. And in this space, you'll find information and access to educator online community and spaces, and access to people who are doing the work to support your well-being, books that supports your well-being and emotional well-being, um, podcasts, and also tools and resources that you can download, but also access to websites that also provide even more tools. So this is a free resource for you and all your teacher and educator friends to access the Teacher Corner's wellness resources space. You can find the link in the show notes. Welcome to another episode, and I'm excited to introduce Jackie Dunlap as our guest for this episode. I had the honor of meeting Jackie Dunlap back in 2021 at a virtual teacher self-care conference where she attended my virtual session on moving through self-criticism to self-compassion. Jackie and I have been in touch since that conference, and I've been inspired by her story, her resilience, and her energy in the work that she does now to support teachers everywhere through her company, Teachers Supporting Teachers Everywhere. I'm thrilled about this special episode that speaks directly to the teacher and educator community out there because we're going to dive into the topic of grief. Grief is hard and the question that I had for Jackie was, how do you navigate through grief, particularly as an educator? Because, you know, as educators and teachers, we still have to show up and serve our students and staff. And I loved this conversation and all the nuggets of wisdom and encouragement that Jackie shared because it made me feel seen and not alone in all those feelings and thoughts we individually experience, that it's okay to talk about them in the moment and to share how it impacts you as a human being and thus impacts how you want to show up for your students. Okay, let's dive in, shall we? Jackie, would you like to just take some time to introduce yourself to our audience? I am Jackie Dunlap, as Jocelyn has said. I am a retired teacher with 26 years of classroom experience. And in that, during or through that experience, I was led to my third act or third career, which is currently running a nonprofit, Teacher Supporting Teachers Everywhere, Inc., where we're focused on encouraging, supporting, and celebrating teachers. And so in that process, I also have written a book, Pouring from a Tracked and Leaking Cup, One Teacher's Spiritual Journey Towards Wellness, And in that book, I kind of allude to how I got on the journey of teacher wellness, teacher well-being. And essentially, it started with me um, starting off my career as a teacher and experiencing the loss of my younger sister, which threw me into a tailspin uh, slash depression for actually a few years and trying to navigate my own grief as well as the fact that I had to deliver 
every day to a group of students of 150 or more and navigate being a parent and all the other things that go along with life. So, wow, that is that is a lot. And and I, w- I have one question for you, actually, from your introduction, Jackie, is in that experience of grief, how would you describe that for yours? For yourself like what did what did grief feel like and look like for you well for me it was a very dark period simply because my sister was one of my best friends and my greatest resources in terms of watching my daughter and you know and as a teacher you spend lots of hours after hours and you need child care my daughter was very young at that time so for me it was just really dark because i was lost and just depressed like really depressed I had never experienced a depression like that to the point where like it took a few years to come out of it and and after the fact people even said wow you know I noticed that you that you were different during that time you know it was like you went through the motions of course I had a younger daughter and like I said with school doing the things I had to do every day but it was just it was really I just you know I cried every day on the way to work for a while and that probably that probably lasted about six months. I just was, you know, I felt like I was going to have a nervous breakdown, especially once I took on my contract position, which meant a lot more responsibility and demands on my time and my, you know, mental capacity. Again, it was it was just dark. Yeah. That sounds that sounds like a lot for just one person to hold, but also as a person who is in the profession of serving others. Like you said, you had to serve 180 students and also all the extra duties that you had to do as a teacher. What, if looking back in reflection, I'm curious, like what was the thing that was getting you through those, that time to keep showing up every day as not just a teacher, but like as a mom and all the other things that were on your plate? Okay, so of course, as a mother and as a teacher, you're a nurturer. Mm-hmm. And as I think as a teacher, we are nurturers just naturally because yeah. otherwise we probably wouldn't be teachers. <laughs> yes, hands down. <laughs> when you are focused on taking care of others, you kind of push your own concerns to the back, you know, like, okay, or the back burner. And, you know, you just push through and that was it. And of course my faith, my faith was a huge mm-hmm. part of it. And just trying to, you know, every day was just, you know, it was literally one of those day by day scenarios. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I got this week. No, it was literally day by day because otherwise I probably would have just went under. And again, it led me to the journey that I'm on now in terms of supporting teachers, because in that time I was like, I had no support. And I said, wait a minute, they didn't prepare us for this in school. Like when life happens and you're a teacher and you still have to show up every day because that, you know, God forbid you take the time to figure out, even have the mental capacity to create, create some lesson plans to take off. So you just like, forget it. I'll go to work. I'll suffer through it. And as you said, it was hard. And you think about how I was feeling and I know I wasn't the best me. So I knew I wasn't the best teacher. So, mm. you know, how it impacted my students. You know, they would probably say that I was just mean and crazy. But again, <laughs> it was a lot. So I think my just my faith in the fact that I had to deliver. I had to deliver at home. 
I couldn't take a break from parenting. Yeah. I couldn't take off work. So you survival mode. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's real talk, everyone. Like that's that's the reality of of life and going through like really stretching stretching experiences such as this. If you were like looking back now, right, you're in a different place. You created teachers supporting teachers everywhere as from this place. Um, if you're looking back now and to tell yourself, Jackie, then what would you tell her then to help her move through? First, I would tell her to know that she, if your cup is empty, you cannot fill others cup, other mm-hmm. people's cup. So that is huge. Like mm-hmm. it took a long time to learn that. But, it, and you know, you hear that all the time, you know, people, some semblance of that saying, and you're like, yeah, okay. But no, it's real because you are, I mean, it's like, really, how do you fill someone else's cup if you have nothing else to give? And you're just like there in a shell of whatever self, normal self you were. And I would tell myself that first, you have to take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, no one else will. And then, um, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Mm, do that. Okay, say that again. That's good. <laughs> It's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be the best at this time. You know, I think as teachers, a lot of us, we we strive for excellence. Yeah. We expect excellence from our students. So we strive for excellence. And of course, our administrators, they expect it, you know, automatically. But it's okay not to be okay. Like this year, you can't be all of these things that they want you to be. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. And also to get help like and sooner than later yeah and I think I've waited like way too long to seek out some professional assistance yeah I should not have waited that long but again you know it was like I was trying to figure it out there was no one out there to guide me as a teacher and tell me especially a new teacher Mm -hmm. that you need to do something to take care of yourself you need to maybe possibly consider getting some professional help yeah, because you're you're in that space where sometimes you don't even know what you need because you're so inundated, like you said, overwhelmed and just in the thick of, I, I, I don't know, the metaphor, I think of like, you're just down deep in the bucket. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, down deep in the bucket and you just don't know. And so like having someone to advocate for you or even to to provide the suggestion to help you yeah. yeah, they don't teach that in teachers training school. <laughs> it's, you know, they teach you about, okay, you might have some behavior issues, you might have this and all these other yeah. things. But in reality, especially in this day and age, if you want teachers to stay in the field, you mm-hmm. have to give them some resources, or some tools in mm-hmm. the toolkit to mm-hmm. deal with those times, because we all have moments in our life where if it's not a loss of a loved one, something else happens, you know, somebody's sick, your kid is having some issues, or, you know, you have marital problems. I mean, it's endless amounts of things that could go on that they don't tell you that, yeah, but delivering to 150 kids all day long, every day is a lot in addition to life. (laughs) In addition to life. Yeah, because ultimately, and I know there's a lot of teachers out there who are advocates of teacher wellness right now is like we are first like human beings 
before yes. we are teachers. We are human too. Mm-hmm. We are human too. We are human mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So tell me, how has this experience of experiencing grief as a teacher really launched you into and paved the way for the work that you do now? Well, of course, it's the empathy mm-hmm. and compassion for others. And whenever you can walk in someone else's shoes, you know, not literally, but of course, figuratively, figuratively, then that helps a whole lot. So just me knowing that I was there and I had no guidance, I had no help, and it was devastating. I I would not want anyone else to go through that, especially mm-hmm. a new teacher or mm-hmm. a younger teacher who's only got like a couple of years in the classroom. Because those things hit, hit you like a ton of bricks. Like you are just in shock. Okay, now I just need to adjust and I just need to make this happen. Yeah. And there's no preparation and no discussion. And, you know, some people, I imagine, don't make it through that. I was mm. fortunate I did. But I would imagine there are some teachers that really don't. And then you add all of the pressures of life right now. Mm. I could see that some people just like give up and say, forget it. And, you know, walk away from a probably a would have would would have been a very you know successful career mm-hmm. but again not having those resources and not knowing and um you know people beat up on teachers as it is so mm-hmm. I just see that as leading me to say you know I have to do something you know I I want to be the change I want to see yeah that's yeah. what I'm striving to do at this point yeah yeah. And I would love for more people to get on board and more, you know, they say, um, I would love competition because I think this is a field where we need lots of people out here serving the needs of teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like it's like a grassroots effort of like we're taking care of ourselves. Yes. And so the so there are there are people like you and some other people that we know that are taking on the efforts that are we come from the profession and we're trying to take care of ourselves because we know what it's like. Yes. We know what it's like and it's a very unique uh, experience or, you know, career too. Yes. But I, I have a quick, quick question. Um, you know, you had mentioned really briefly, like it's that it's okay to not be okay, right? Like it's okay to not be at your best. And I know I'm going to draw from my own experience. Like, I am a recovering perfectionist. Everyone, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. right? And and there's that e- internal like story that we all have. I, I I can't speak for all teachers, but maybe some of you might resonate with this. And um, but like that internal narrative of like, but I want to do my best for the kids, mm-hmm. and it's so hard to be okay with mediocrity or just simplicity or just doing what is needed like the basics i think that's really hard so how do you how do you like how do you work like how do you work with that 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 like be okay to just do like not do your best or not not do your best but like just doing what's needed because i know yeah and I like that the term simplicity. I've used that several times. Like sometimes I just had to realize simpler is better. Mm-hmm. Just period. Simpler period. is better. <laughs> and not to mention the fact that we need to give ourselves grace. 
we are asked to give everyone else grace. Oh, this student has this issue. Oh, this is going on. Or this is, you know, everybody wants grace from us. But we never give ourselves grace as much as we give to others. So I, I emphasize that. That's just one of the things I push. It's like, give yourself some grace. And, you know, I also try to think about if you, if your child was going through that or one of your students, how would you nurture them? What would you say to them? Maybe mm-hmm. say some of those things to yourself or allow yourself that same space or leeway that you would allow for those other people in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could be our worst critics. And I know I'm also, I am also a perfectionist when it comes to my instructional practices. Yes. And so therefore, you know, it's always like, no, it could be better. I could do this. And then I had to realize like, okay, you know what? If you don't go to sleep, then what difference does it make? <laughs> so you will do all this work and then it still won't turn out the way you want because you, you know, push yourself to the limits or past the limits. So just giving ourselves grace and realize sometimes simpler is better. You know, yeah, next year it would be great. I could do this and that and it could turn into this huge, magnificent project. This year, mm, I think I'm going the simple way and I'm give the kids what they need, meet the objectives, just on a smaller scale. Mm. And again, some grace and forgiveness for myself to know that this is just not the year for that. Yeah, I like that. This is the year not for that. It's a different season. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like, I, 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 I like how you brought up, it's like, like the thought that came up for me as you were explaining that is like, who are we really competing against? Are we competing against, because it sounds like it's that own inner competition. Like, yeah. I did this last year, so let me emulate that again or do it better. I know I've been there. I'm like, wait, why am I putting myself through that? Exactly. So, you know, the biggest thing is grace. And mm-hmm. this year may not be the year for me to be number one. <laughs> it just, mm. you know, it won't. But I showed up. I did my job. I uh, show compassion where I could and I, you know, check these other boxes and that highly effective box just might not get checked this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love to okay with it. Have to be okay with it. Yeah. What is yeah, and it's like asking ourselves like what is it what is being okay with it for ourselves? Cuz like what does it look like? What does it look like and what does it feel like? And it's like I like how you said I showed up. Like I showed <laughs> I showed up. That's the biggest thing. We st- right. we still showed up, and right. we're we're doing the best we can with mm-hmm. what we have, and we're just showing up, and like that in itself is like a win. <laughs> and you know, also to uh, I know some administrators might not want to hear this, but one uh, of my doctors told me once before, like you have those days for a reason, those sick days you have, mm. and so sometimes you do have to use them and. It's no uh, major prize given away if you leave the uh, job and you have 200 sick days at the end of that time. Because when you look back at that, you know, look at like all the times that you should have taken off or should have, you know, taken some time for yourself. And like, what was it all for? Mm, That's a great question. What was it all for? What was it all for? I I was in that situation. I had over 100 days. Mm -hmm. For what? When there were a number of days in those times, the dark times, that I should have been taking care of me. 
So my doctor was like, you have those days for a reason. You need to use them when you need them. What do you so to hear a medical professional tell you that, you know, because you're just like, yeah, I have these days. And it was just, but there were so many of those days that I should have used and I never did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the hardest thing for us as educators to take those days? Because I know, I don't know, but the first word that comes up for me is like guilt. <laughs> exactly. Guilt. Guilt is one of the biggest things. Mm -hmm. I would imagine now, especially even more so now with this, you know, teacher shortage and everybody not having subs, but guilt is the biggest that one of my other problems was uh, perfection because of the lesson planning, because it was like, oh, but I can't come up with a lesson that'll be X, Y, Z. Well, you know what, though? So you went in there and did what? <laughs> taking that day or it just the day it just would have been better for everyone if you probably had not been there because you weren't your best self and you were tired, you were stressed, you were this, you were that. When you could have taken that day and you could have given the students in a lesson plan that or some assignments that were suitable. But my thinking of, you know, lesson planning for subs was probably on another level because, again, it's like, you know, no, I need the continuation of instruction. I need this. I need that. I needed that. No one said it had to be that because you've been in classrooms or seen classes where those lesson plans were uh, basically a skeleton of what it should have been. But I felt it had to be on a certain level. Mm. So that was it. It was the guilt of, you know, oh, I might leave somebody in the lurch. They won't have a sub. And my own perfectionism kept me from doing what I needed to do. Not giving myself grace. Mm. In that moment of when you're experiencing grief. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. So looking back, and for anyone um, who is experiencing this right now, you would say, what would you encourage them to do? Um, I would, again, give yourself some grace. grace. Um, allow yourself space to grieve. Mm. Um, you know, I was watching, Anderson Cooper is doing this whole thing on grief right now. Mm -hmm. And he's doing a podcast and he's getting like tremendous responses. And someone said to him, you know, we spend all this time talking about life and birth, but we never spend any time really talking about death. And so um, giving yourself the space to grieve and know that it's okay. Cause, and know that no two people grieve alike. So no one can tell you, well, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. It's not a straight line. It could be uh, detours. It could be messy. It could be a lot of different things. And you have to just allow yourself that space because otherwise you will find that either later on it'll come back up at an inopportune time mm -hmm. and you think you're past it and you're really not, as well as the fact that it's just not healthy. Because mm. it's like just stuffing that bad stuff and holding it in is like would you do that to a child would you make them no just suffer and just hold it all in so and get some help mm -hmm. a therapist a grief support group get some help find mm -hmm. somebody to talk to find some anchors in your life oh i love that find some anchors in your life tell me more about that what do you mean by that well, we all, you know, just like a ship, if you don't anchor it, 
it's gonna drift off and all kinds of things can happen. But sometimes we need to anchor ourselves and we need to find, or we need to have people who kind of hold us down uh-huh. and keep us um, from drifting off because you could drift off into some really crazy places. So you need someone to, you can be at peace with, okay, who can, you know, hold space for you in your grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how you keep coming back to the metaphor of like, uh, what would you say to your student or a child? Because that, that brings up this whole um, notion of like your own inner child, like thinking of yourself as a child. Yeah. And we still need nurturing. I mean, regretfully, a lot of us, you know, as we, uh, as we age, of course, our parents pass away. So, you know, you may not have anybody who is that nurturer in your life, the natural nurturer, like a parent. And, but you still need nurturing. We all still need nurturing. There's still an inner child in every one of us. And again, you have to figure out, you know, hopefully you have someone else that you can go to for that. And then if you don't have a personal friend or family member, then that's when you might definitely instill in just in general need a grief support group or a therapist. Yeah. I have, I'm curious, like grief, like for me, like, you know, I've experienced my own experiences of grief and people passing away young and old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was younger, I'm like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to check off the box. (laughs) That sounds really crazy, but that's where my mind. So like, how would you, how would you share about like what it's like to like, maneuver through grief throughout your life because I I, from my personal experience it's it's not something you just check off the box like like what would you how would you how has your experience of like maneuvering through the different stages of grief been like for you so of course when I was younger and not being as knowledgeable as I am today it was just like kind of like you said maybe not necessarily checking off the box, but kind of, um, I would say, conforming to other people's thoughts and ideals of what it should be like. Oh, say more. <laughs> so it would be like, you know, what they would say, well, you know, you should be this way or you should be this way or you should do this. And you think, OK, well, yeah, maybe I am doing too much or maybe I am, you know, just like spending too much time thinking about this. However, as I aged and uh, matured, I realized, again, that one, the biggest thing, no two people grieve alike, exactly alike. Everyone's grief is different. So that is huge in itself because Mm. your approach to others is different and your thoughts about your own grief is different. And that's a good thing because, again, no two people are exactly alike when it comes to grief. So, um knowing that I should be respectful of others and their feelings and they should be respectful of mine, you know, so you allow yourself to set some boundaries as to what you'll allow in and what you will take, Mm. what you put out in terms of grief. So that was a big part of the maturing process now um, as I aged. And then now it's just the fact that, Again, it's just so much going on in life that we just all need to give each other grace and we need to seek 
professional assistance whenever needed. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Like get that support. And even when you don't think you need it, like I said, you'd be surprised what you do, you know, how you could benefit from it. Even if it's just detoxing the thoughts that are in your head at that time, it's still helpful. Yeah, I I like how you said that detoxing, because we can all get kind of stuck in those thoughts and stuck in like I'm going back to your metaphor of the ship, ship, right? Like we Mm -hmm. can drift into really. Treacherous waters. Treacherous waters and um, those anchors, whatever that anchor is for each of us is keeps us grounded. Is, yes. Yeah, keeps us grounded. And I mean, tying it back into like as educational professionals keeps us grounded so that we can show up and do our work, exactly. do exactly. our work. And and also I was just think, thinking it's also like helpful for us of how we can hold space for like our students when they have experienced grief, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like how, I guess, have you had that experience? Like when you went through your own grief, how did it change the way you interacted with students if they, if you had any experiences? Well, like I said, one of the things with the mature, maturity process of life and, you know, dealing with grief, it was just to give, again, them the space that they needed and respect the fact that their grief, their response to grief could be different than mine. Mm-hmm. And I had to acknowledge that and be respectful of that while at the same time trying to help them process it or move through it. But I still had to be respectful of it, mm, yeah. you know, and know that this situation is different and, you know, encourage them to, um, to the best of my ability, get the resources. And of course, you know, you send them to the counselor or someone else in the building who was able to maybe provide more assistance with whatever they're dealing with at that time. But letting them know you hold the space by saying, look, I see you. I understand that you are dealing with something and I am going to help you to the best of my ability. Mm. Oh, I love that. Like just, you know, oh, that was last year. You need to be over that. No, I still, you know, like I say, hold space, but in a respectful and professional way. Yeah, I love that. Hold space with a lot of grace. And all those words that Jackie just said, I'm like, we should be saying that to ourselves too, right? Like, I see you, you know, and like, here's a space, like, it's okay, giving yourself a lot of grace. Like, all those words that Jackie just said is like saying that to ourselves as well and giving that grace. So, oh my goodness. This has been so much fun talking about, and I mean, everyone, grief is a really big, topic and I'm going to um, look for that ep- that um, podcast that you were talking about Anson Cooper's podcast about grief yeah so I'll put that in the show notes but right. is there anything that you would like to share with us Jackie that you would like everyone to know about what you're doing uh, through teachers supporting teachers everywhere okay sure uh, one thing that we're doing is we do our best to encourage support and celebrate teachers and so that takes on a lot of different looks or um ideals and thinking. One thing we do is we give out gift cards every Monday and Friday, you know, a random act of kindness, nothing like making someone smile, like, hey, thinking about you and the work you do, doing a great job, no one else says it, here's a little something that might brighten your day. And we send out $10 gift cards to a number of different retailers. And of course, through our workplace wellness programs, we try to 
support teachers throughout the year. One of the things we have, we sessions we have in the book is dealing with grief. So knowing that it's real and that a lot of people, of course, in the last few years have dealt with grief just based on what we've just come out of the mm-hmm. COVID-19 pandemic. And um, just striving to, again, support teachers in every way possible. Yeah. So do sign up because it's it's so nice. I've been on the receiving end of one of those um, gift cards. And it's also, it's nice to be like recognized and seen for the work that we do as teachers. So um, do sign up for that, everyone. And Jackie, it's been so fun having this conversation. We did some diving deep into a really deep topic, but also I love how we connected it to how we can support teachers and how we experience like just really difficult moments in our personal lives and how we can still show up for the work that we do. So thank you so much for being on the Jammin' with Jocelyn podcast and having this uh, awesome conversation with me. Well, thank you for having me. And again, just remember everyone that we have to give ourselves grace and know that sometimes it's just okay not to be okay. Yes, love it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed listening in to the conversation with Jackie and I about grief and how do we navigate that, navigate through that as educators and teachers. And so here are some takeaways from today's episode. One, seek out help, support, find your anchors. For example, a therapist, a trusted friend to hold space for you as you go through the grieving process, a grief coach, who are your anchors? Two, everyone grieves differently. Give yourself lots of grace as a teacher. It's okay to not be okay and to just show up and do the best to your capability, but nothing more. Three, how would you talk or treat your student or child during your time of grieving? Offer the same thing to yourself. And four, take the time to take care of yourself. You can't serve if your cup is empty. Hold space with a lot of grace for yourself. And here are five coaching questions to help us process the information from today's episode. One, what are the things that will anchor you through your grief? Who are your anchors of support in your life? Two, how can you meet your personal needs first so that you can teach with your cup full? Three, what does giving yourself grace look like for you? Four, how can you detox those thoughts in your head that aren't helping you? And five, if you're experiencing a season of grief, what does it look like to allow yourself the space to grieve? And there we have it. Thank you for listening in and I can't wait to jam with you next time. Bye. Have a great day, y'all.